This year, I am focused on saving and investing, but I still want to do things like travel. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side-by-side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times points on your spending, which means you could end up with a free flight or maybe a better hotel room. So what could future you do with smarter financial decisions? Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like? What are the schools like? Who is the agent who knows the listing or neighborhood best? And why can't all this information just be in one place? Well, now it is on homes.com. They've got everything you need to know about the listing itself, but even better. They've got comprehensive neighborhood guides and detailed reports about local schools. And their agent directory helps you see the agent's current listings and sales history. Homes.com collaboration tools make it easier than ever to share all this information with your family. It's a whole cul-de-sac of home shopping information all at your fingertips. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast where we talk about strategies and hacks for creating happier lives. This week, in honor of spring and spring cleaning, we'll talk about the fastest, easiest, and cheapest way to clear clutter, and we'll discuss a set of Know Yourself Better questions related to the way we like to spend time with friends and family. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am, of course, in my home office here in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, when we spend time together, we mostly like to drink coffee and sometimes go for a hike. (laughs) That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yes, Scratch, you need to come to L.A. so we can do Fryman Canyon again. Yes, yes, yes. Our favorite hike. So before we launch in, Elizabeth, I see your TV is on behind you. Yes. Yes. I'm having trouble turning my TV off. I don't know if other people have that issue, but at least it's on like a picture. So you're not seeing CNN going on behind me. It always feels kind of uncanny when technology refuses to turn off. You're you're like, okay, it's got a mind of its own. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that or I'll post a link to YouTube if you want to go see Alyssa's TV. persisting. And also we got a fun update from a listener related to reading and the four tendencies. Yes. This comes from Kristen. She says, I laughed out loud when I saw my local library has a no pressure book discussion book club for folks who don't like assigned reading. I assume this is by rebels for (laughs) rebels. You can't tell me what to read or when to read it by. Had to share this with you. Yeah, so this comes from the Rockville Memorial Library in Rockville, Maryland. And the sign says, The No Pressure Book Discussion is perfect for readers of all ages who don't like assigned reading. Join us to talk about books you are reading and to get some recommendations for your next read. And I thought this is brilliant for rebels because they might love to read, they might love to 
talk about books. They might love to turn people onto books they love. They might like to get recommendations, but on their terms. Yes. Yeah. A brilliant solution. Yeah. And again, if you don't know what we're talking about, if you don't know if you're an upholder, questioner, obliger, or rebel, go to GretchenRubin.com slash four tendencies, and you can take the quiz and all will be revealed. So huh. Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home tip is an answer to the perennial questions What's the cheapest, quickest way to clear clutter? And how do you clear clutter in a way that it just doesn't instantly reclutter itself the minute your back is turned? Because it's so hard to create order yes. once you've made it. <laughs> yes. So, Gretch, one of the things I love that you advise is clear clutter by not buying. Yes. This is the easiest, quickest, cheapest way. Just don't buy it yes. in the first place. It's yeah. funny, and I, I sort of realized this because when I was talking to people about clutter, when I was writing my book, Outer Order, Inner Calm, one thing people kept saying to me is like, look, I don't want to contribute to the landfill. So they didn't want to mm. go through and just throw things away. Now, of course, we should give things away, donate things, use things when we can. But then there are some things you just whatever. But the problem is those things are destined for the landfill the minute you buy them. By buying right. them... They're in the world. And so the way to keep things yes. out of the landfill and the way to keep things off your shelves, out of your closet, just don't bring it into your house. Yeah. Which can be easier said than done. Yes, but you have great approaches to this. For instance, store it at the store, meaning don't buy something until you know you really need it. I will say, Gretchen, I have been guilty of not storing things at the store. For instance... How much toilet paper did I buy during the pandemic? It was coming out of my ears, toilet paper. And I could have waited until I needed well, it. Well, it's interesting because stored at the store, like there's some things that you know you're going to need, like toilet paper, paper towels. Maybe there's something your family uses like all the time, like pickles or whatever. So there, when you're not storing it at the store, you run into like needing to organize it and store it. And so then it can become a clutter problem just because you have to manage it. But you know that eventually you'll use it. But then there are things where you're buying it and you may never need it. You're just buying it on the right. thought that perhaps it will come in handy. And I think there it's even more important to store it at the store because if you need that thing, you can go get it. For instance, let's say you're in an office supply store and you see one of those paper cutters and you think, wow, that seems like a really thing to have. Just have a paper cutter. But you don't instantly think of a reason that you need a paper cutter. Right. Store the paper cutter at the store. And then if you find that you need a paper cutter, you can go get it. But there's no need to sort of buy in advance, which some people do. Some people like the feeling of being prepared for any eventuality. And so they will buy into anything that they could possibly imagine needing. So storing it at the store is a way to acknowledge maybe you'll need it, but if you do need it, you can get it. Now, Gretchen, in the sort of other realm of storing it at the store is not buying things like shoes you don't need or just various objects you don't need, yeah. right? And I like how you suggest just deleting online accounts so it's harder to check out. Yeah. So this is the thing, especially for people who do impulse shopping. Because stores make it as easy as possible to just do it. And if you can add a little bit of friction, one of the things that's true, and I saw this all when I was studying habits for Better Than Before, is that if things are slightly easier to do, slightly more convenient, we're far more likely to do them. If they're slightly less convenient, we are less likely to do them. So anytime you can put a little grit 
into something you want to make it harder for yourself to do, that's going to be an advantage. And online shopping, if you have to enter in your credit card number, your name, your address every single time, there's sometimes when you're just going to be like, yeah, you know what, I'll deal with it later. I'll deal with it some other time. Whereas if you could just shop as a returning customer, you might have clicked right through. Yeah. And I keep clutter down, Gretch. The Lord knows I have a lot of clutter. But I keep it down by just browsing and putting things in my cart and not actually buying them. I mean, I do this all See, the time. See, this is absolutely fascinating to me. And I think this is an understudied consumer behavior because I was flabbergasted when I heard that people did this. I never do that. And then people oh, started saying that like, oh, I get the feeling of picking and choosing and deciding like the fun of it. And I fill up my cart, but then I just don't buy it. And I just couldn't believe this. And then you were like, oh, yeah, I do this all the time. I was like, what? I did not know that. So explain to me, what is the itch that you are scratching with this this kind of choosing but abandoning? Yes. Well, I think it's a fantasy self oh. thing. For instance, my fantasy self loves to entertain. Yes. And so right now, I'm in a very stressful work period. One of the things I do is indulge my fantasy self by shopping for very high-end tablescape stuff. For instance, Heath Ceramics, I love. It has beautiful things for your table. I'll go and shop and put many things in my cart, imagining how gorgeous the table would look with all of these items or John Darian. We love John Darian. Go to John Darian and I fill my cart with all these beautiful things for my table and then I don't buy them. But my fantasy self feels as if she has shopped and prepared this gorgeous table. I just don't actually push the button. And then also you're not limited by expense too. So you could buy a $5,000 vase. Yes. Yes. But do you go into it knowing this is fantasy buying, this is just for fun, or is it sort of like you get into it and then it slowly kind of dawns on you, look, this is just not realistic. Let's bail out of this. No, I get into it looking genuinely. And then I, I don't know how to describe it exactly, but it's a fun activity. And it scratches that itch. And then the other thing that's why it's actually a useful activity is then, say, if I am going to entertain, I've looked, I know what's out there, and then I could buy a vase or a platter or something. You've sort of gone through that evaluating, sorting process in advance. But see, I think you're right to say, like, it's a fun activity. People understand that people like to just sort of browse or window shop. Right. And I feel like we didn't sort of recognize that for, I mean, I guess with online shopping, Pinterest, Instagram, there are these habits that people have of sort of identifying and putting their finger on things that they like. But I think this is really interesting. And I think for some people, it might be just helpful to know you can do that and have that fun and then just not buy it. You don't have to not do that. There's nothing wrong with doing that. But there's also, you can just not buy it. And then you don't have the stuff coming out of your wallet or coming onto your shelves. Yes, exactly. And on this idea of convenience, again, like a thing that if you're in person, if you don't take a basket or a cart, if you're schlepping the stuff around in your arms, you're going to take less. And so obviously, if you're going for a big grocery shop, you can't carry it in your arms. But if you're like, oh, I'm going to run into Target and pick up a few things. Okay, don't take the cart. Right. And also use a list. Everybody knows that. Use a list. That is great advice. But then sometimes you see something. Okay, you're like, oh, now that I see this bottle of cinnamon, I realize we are almost out of cinnamon. It's not on the list, but I want to get it. 
you make yourself circle back for something. Mm. You get everything that's on your list and you're ready to check out and then you buy. And that way, again, that little bit of inconvenience can make sure that you're not just giving into a lot of impulse shopping, justifying when you're standing there in the aisle or like responding to a sale. It's always cheaper not to buy. (laughs) Yes, yes. And if you really feel like you have to buy something, you are going to add that clutter Buy a holiday gift, but you want to buy it for a specific person, not just like, oh, this would make a good gift for someone. No, be like, okay, this is for my dad and I will put it on this shelf and at Christmas I will get it and I will give it to him. Because you don't want the clutter. I mean, over the years, if you just buy things that could be good gifts, you can really build up clutter. Yeah. And then you forget what you have and yeah. But this is something we've talked a lot about overbuyers and underbuyers, and you and I are both pretty much underbuyers. And this is something that I see that a lot of overbuyers do, is they buy kind mm. of theoretical gifts. Right. Oh, this globe would make a great gift. This ink stand would make a great gift. This clock would make a great gift. But then they have to manage it, and then they have to, like, match it up, and it's harder than you think. And so it's one thing to say, like, ooh, I'll be so glad in December that I went ahead and bought this in April— Because I know exactly who I'm going to give it to. But if you're just like, oh, a globe always comes in handy. It's like, oh, no. Anyway, if you want more ideas about clearing clutter, spring cleaning, check out my book, Outer Order, Inner Calm. That is all my favorite. (laughs) It's so much fun Mm -hmm. putting together all those ideas. Very concrete. Also, I created these fun bingo cards, which is like if you want to kind of gamify your clutter clearing, because a lot of people sort of want to make it into a game. There's one for kitchen and one for workspace. I will put a link in the show notes if you want to try to get bingo by clearing clutter. So Hmm. that is really fun. Love that. So let us know if you do try this at home and how clearing clutter by not buying works for you. And what strategies do you find useful? What did we not talk about that other people might benefit from? Let us know on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at GretchenRubin.com. Or as always, go to the show notes. The show notes are at happiercast.com slash 375. Coming up, we have a loophole happiness hack. But first is break. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and free. And, you know, Elizabeth, I now work with a team and hiring the right people is so important. It's maybe the most important thing. And LinkedIn makes the process of identifying and hiring people easy and intuitive. I know that when I've been hiring for my team, it's hard to find quality candidates to interview. And LinkedIn isn't just a job board. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe without spending a fortune, and luckily I found Quince. Elizabeth, I got the Flow Knit Wide Leg Pant. It's very light. It's perfect for the summer. It packs very easily. I recently went on a trip with my family, and I took it with me, and they were just the thing to wear on a really hot day where I wanted to be covered up, but I wanted something that looked great and also was very comfortable. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Gretchen for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Gretchen to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash Gretchen. Okay, Gretchen, it's time for this week's happiness hack. Yes. So I love loopholes. When I was writing my book better than before, I think my favorite chapter to work on was the chapter about loopholes because there are 10 categories of loopholes that I identified, but maybe there are more. Stay tuned for one minute. And I think we are so ingenious in figuring out loopholes for ourselves. I think they're so hilarious. I would love to write the little book of loopholes. So anything related to loopholes, send to me. And just as a brief refresher, and of course, I will put these in the show notes if people want to read about each one. But just to get your mind going so that you're ready to hear what this listener suggests, there's the false choice loophole. I can't do this because I'm so busy doing that. There's moral licensing loophole. I've been so good. It's okay for me to do that. The tomorrow loophole. I'm going to skip today because I'm going to be so good tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Lack of control loophole. I can't help myself. Planning to fail loophole. How did I end up outside my favorite bakery? I went for a walk and who knew I'd end up here. This doesn't count loophole. This is like, this doesn't count. Questionable assumption loophole. Like, I'm just going to say that something's not possible. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Concern for other loopholes. I can't do this because it might make other people feel uncomfortable or unhappy. Fake self-actualization loophole. Things Mm. like you only live once, embrace the moment. You can't miss this opportunity. And then the one coin loophole, which is like, well, what difference does doing this thing one time? If I take one day off or if I do it one time, what does it matter? So all of these are fascinating. I will put a link to all of these. But we heard from a listener who had identified a loophole that she discovered in her own brain that she had to contend with. And I thought this one was really funny. I love this. So this is from Marissa. She says, I thought you might appreciate my Harry Potter-inspired loophole, the Aragog loophole. I have experimented with cutting out sugar a few times. One thing that threw me off was the unexpected arrival of sweet treats at my door, such as a box of cookies in the mail from my mother-in-law or a bag of pastries from a coworker. The phrase that ran through my mind as I inevitably threw my good habit out the window was, I cannot deny myself fresh treats when they wander so willingly into our midst. (laughs) This is, of course, adapted from Aragog and Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. For anyone who, who doesn't remember their Harry Potter so well, Aragog is the giant, enormous spider who's hiding in the Forbidden Forest, and Ron and Harry go talk to him. And this is what he says to them. Yes. He says, 
My sons and daughters do not harm Hagrid on my command, but I cannot deny them fresh meat when it wanders <laughs> so willingly into our midst. And Marissa goes on, this is not a new loophole, but a combination of lack of control and false self-actualization. It is also an example of me, unfortunately, co-opting my sense of whimsy (laughs) to work against my larger goals. While I might have rejected the idea that I truly could not stop myself from eating the treats, turning it into a Harry Potter reference seems to have scrambled the signal enough for this loophole to make it past my defenses. I re-upped my no sugar goal in January, this time with unequivocally no Aragog loophole. It is going well so far. Along with this goal, my word of the year is savor. Time with my young daughter, successes at work, and yes, all those savory foods. I think this is so great because, again, it's like we all have our go-to loopholes. And so by identifying kind of your loophole, you can catch yourself invoking it and yes. then maybe do a better job of staying with your aims. And this was so funny that Marissa had kind of figured this one out <laughs> for herself. And giving anything a yes. name yes. makes it just more easy to wrap your arms around. It really is. And again, like turning it into something fun. Yeah. On the one hand, it kind of maybe she said worked against her. But now I think kind of calling it the Aragog loophole then makes it stick in your brain better and makes it, it feels like a more compelling idea. So wonderful. Keep those examples of loopholes coming. I love them. And I think we can all benefit from them because this is such a common thing. Loopholes. Yes. And now a know yourself better question. And we heard from another listener who had some very thought provoking questions related to how we like to engage with friends and family, which is, you know, such a high value for happiness. We need to connect with other people. This is a great place to know yourself better. So you can do this in the way that is going to come most naturally and suit you the best so that you, you do it the most. Yes. How do you like to socialize? Anil says, I found out that I enjoy co-working in a cafe or sitting in a park reading with others and asked around who would want to be my buddy for these kinds of semi-interactive dates. Some of my friends said they cannot concentrate this way and prefer to have the full attention of the other person. Others love the idea. But because I asked the question, I now know what kind of socializers my friends are, so I know who to ask for different kinds of activities. Also, I now know that if a friend doesn't want to meet for a coffee in a busy time, that might be because their type is having the whole evening and short dates stress them out. Some distinctions might be short or long, quick coffee break or rare but extensive dinner slash trip, ritual or novelty, e.g. get a concert subscription with a friend or never do the same thing with the same person twice, few or many, some get burned out by one-on-one time, others by a group of people. Doing or not doing, this division is a little like the question, is it about the other person or the event itself? Gretchen, that's something you and I had discussed in a previous episode. Right. It's like, are you going to a movie with a friend because you just want to hang out with a friend and do something? Or you're like, I really want to see this movie. So if I don't want to miss it because I really do want to see the movie. Is it the person or the event itself? And then Anil says, this question has also helped me understand why some social activities drain me while others fuel me. Before, I would drag myself to crowded events, but now I know this kind of event is just not for me, which doesn't mean I don't like people. Well, 100%. This is the value of know yourself better because you're like, just because other people like to do this and I don't, that doesn't mean that I don't like people or I don't like to socialize. It just means... 
certain kinds of things just feel more attractive to me and certain things don't. Yeah, but for instance, Gretchen, like I do not like to go get coffee with people. I like to drink coffee with people in my living room or their living room. But I do not like to meet at Starbucks and get coffee. See, that is so funny to me because to me that is such a thing to do. Oh, interesting. Well, part of it is it takes a long time to get anywhere here. So I think it just feels like a lot of effort. Right. For not a lot of Absolutely. Chaos. Well, that's a really good point. If I'm going to see you for 90 minutes, why would I drive an hour? Right. Yeah. And I like, if I just think about some of the things Anil brought up, like I love doing things in groups. Mm-hmm. I also love doing things with just women. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things, yeah, that I, I can look at and see like, yes, I do have these preferences about socializing. Yeah. Well, one thing I realized is that I love to go for walks with people, which is a really easy thing to do in New York because it's like if you pick a big park, you can walk around. And I learned during COVID, like I love a walk and talk where it's like, let's just get on the phone and we'll just talk on the phone. You can be in Brooklyn and I'll be in Manhattan. We don't have to physically be together if it would take us an hour to meet up, but we can still kind of put aside that time. But Elizabeth, I don't know if you did this with your friends in high school. And I was just thinking I should try it and see this if my friends would like to do it. Mm. We used to do errands together. My friend would be like, I got to do a bunch of errands. You want to come with me? And be like, yeah, I'll come with you. And you just go, you know, somebody's going to the drugstore, picking up something. I don't know, like had a list of things that their parents were asking them to do. And it was just fun. And it felt very productive. And you're just hanging out. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because I was saying the other day, now that Adam and I can leave Jack alone, I feel like we have errand dates. So we're kind of, we're doing errands, but it's kind of a date. But yeah, it's also, as Anil was saying, great to know what friend likes what kind of activity, because then you are much more likely to sort of get a yes. Yes, yes. If you tailor it for what the person likes. So this is super useful. And now for a listener question, and this is a listener who has a question for other listeners. So be listening and send in your response. (laughs) Yes, this comes from Caroline. She says, I'm leaving my law firm after practicing for 30 years. It is customary for people to send a goodbye email on the day they leave. I would like to include a wonderful quote in my email, something that expresses the bittersweet mixed emotions of leaving after so many years. The quote could touch on the sadness of the goodbye, excitement for my next chapter, gratitude for colleagues, etc. It would need to be something really lovely because it is going out to about a thousand people at my firm. I loved your wedding and funeral quotes, and I would love to hear whether you or your listeners can suggest a quote for goodbyes or transitions. Ooh, Gretchen. I mean, this is this is exciting. This is great. And again, about. yes, I will put a link to the collection of quotations that are appropriate for weddings and also for funerals and memorial services that we got from listeners. And I think this is a great suggestion from Caroline to have one that's sort of like a farewell or a transition or marking a milestone. So send those our way. I will gather them together and create a PDF resource. And I think that that's a great idea. So thank you, Caroline. And congratulations. That's a huge milestone. Yes. Congratulations. Congratulations. Okay, coming up, Gretchen gives herself a demerit that has plagued her for as long as I can remember. (laughs) But first, this break. Eating processed food for every meal isn't healthy for people or for dogs. We all know that, and kibble is subject to multiple rounds of high-heat processing, making it an ultra-processed food. 
The farmer's dog is real, fresh, healthy food with whole meat and veggies gently cooked in human-grade kitchens to preserve their nutritional value. My dog, Barnaby, loves the farmer's dogs. When he sees me pulling one of those packets out, he comes running. It's personalized, vet-developed, and it has recipes for as little as $2 a day. Meals arrive in pre-portion, ready-to-serve packs, and they're conveniently delivered on whatever schedule works for me. Get 50% off your first box of fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash happier. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, Gretch, it is time for demerits and gold stars. And this week, you are up with a happiness demerit. Yeah, so Elizabeth, this isn't going to shock you or anybody who knows me, but I am a hair twister. I have been a hair twister my entire life. The only time I did not twist my hair is when I had my hair cut short when Brian, who cut my hair, went rogue and cut all my hair off without telling me. And that was, that was that. a big thing. But it did get me to stop twisting my hair briefly. I do try not to do it, A, because it can annoy people around me, and B, I break it off. For me, I am one of those hair twisters who really kind of enjoy the breaking it off, and Mm. so then I have all this broken hair in my head, and so I really have been trying not to do it. And I go through periods where I'm pretty good about it, and then it comes back. And I will say, you know, I wrote the whole book about, better than before, about habit formation, and I really feel like nervous habits are kind of different from habits Mm. like the habit of exercise or the habit of going to bed on time. There's something about them that, at least to me, feels very different. I've talked to a few people who are my kind of hair twister, and we all agree, and I'd love to hear if listeners have the same same thought, that it's very affected by humidity, that in certain weather conditions really make hair twisting more satisfying. And I don't know. Perfect hair twisting conditions. It's, It's a real thing. And I don't know, maybe that it's because it's sort of the way it is in springtime here, but I've really noticed that I had been pretty good and it's coming back. So again, giving myself the demerit, hoping that this will steal me to do a better job going forward yes. because um, I have been backsliding on the hair twisting front. Alyssa, gold star, yeah, take right. us up. All right. Well, Gretchen, I am giving a gold star to uh, driving Jack to school in the morning oh, okay. the days that I am able to do This is so. a, a rather abstract gold star. Yes, 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 it is. It's because, you know, I'm working a lot right now, yeah. season of sacrifice. Yeah. So I'm just really appreciating the mornings when I can drive Jack to school. It's like a half an hour with him. Mm-hmm. It's not as if we're having deep conversations, although sometimes we do, but it is just this one-on-one time yeah. that's, 
you know, just a little bit of a bubble in the day, mm-hmm. let's call kind it. Kind of easy companionship time. Yes, easy companionship. And now he can sit in the front seat. Mm. So it really is like we're driving together. Yeah. It's not like I'm the chauffeur. He's sitting right next to me. And it's just really nice. And of course, Gretch, you know how I like to, well, I used to watch CNN in the morning before we had the yeah. dogs. Now instead I go out with the dogs, but Jack and I often listen to CNN mm. on the radio oh. in the morning. So I've got him sharing in my little habits mm-hmm. and it's just very nice. And I give a gold star to that time when traffic can actually be a good thing because I get more time with him. Well, and it just is a nice way to start your day. Like, it's sort of like predictable and you're with him and sort of calm. And a lot of people say about children is that there's something about facing forward and there's no interruptions and you're kind of stuck together, that it can be a time where children seem more likely to talk or to even confide. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. So, Yeah. yeah. There you go. An errand date. An errand date. Yeah, right? And it's something like, don't treat a gift like a burden. Yeah, right. There you go. There you go. Okay, the resources for this week. You can sign up for the show notes. You know, we talk a lot about the show notes. We put a lot into the show notes. We try to really jazz up the show notes. And there's stuff in there, behind the scenes material and things. And you can get it right in your inbox. So if you go to happiercast.com slash show notes, you can sign up and get those every time we have an episode. And that is for all of them. Littles, more, and happier. And a lot of people give my books for Mother's Day gifts. I know this from previous years, The Happiness Project and Happier at Home. And so if you want to read more about those books, I will put links in there and you can take a look and read an excerpt and see if it is something that you would like to give to a mother in your life or ask for for yourself. (laughs) Elizabeth, what are we reading? What are you reading? I am reading The Candy House by Jennifer Egan. And I am reading You'll Never Believe What Happened to Lacey, Crazy Stories About Racism by Amber Ruffin and Lacey Lamar. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember, try this at home. Clear clutter by not buying. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at GretchenRubin.com. And if you like the show, please tell a friend. That is how people learn about our show. And rate us, review us, follow us. It really does help people discover the show. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and upward. Elizabeth, you're talking about all these scapes, tablescapes, riscapes. I know. I I love escape. (laughs) I don't know. It's evocative. I guess. It feels like it's romantic. It feels like it burst out of nowhere. It's like I've never heard you talk about escape, and all of a sudden there's just like escapes everywhere. (laughs) It's the new me, Gretch. (laughs) Yeah. From the Onward Project.
I don't know about you, but I'm always looking for ways for my son to get involved and give back in our local community. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, is also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org students. That's lls.org students.